Although our main objective for this project is to provide an environment-friendly, modern and reliable public transport system for Greater Kuching, we are also actually adding value to the project for the people by creating a platform for the transfer technology and also generating economic opportunities for local businesses. This is Paul Comfort, and you're on Transit Unplugged, which is the world's leading transit executive podcast. And we're excited today to be bringing you this interview from the government administrative capital of Malaysia, outside of Kuala Lumpur. And we're excited to have with us as our special guest, Mr. Masli Mustafa, who is CEO of Sarawak Metro. Mr. Mustafa, thank you so much for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. Yeah, thank you. I'm very honored to be in this Transit Unplugged. And thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, you, there's a lot of material that I want to cover with you today uh, because you're uh, doing some things that are right on the cutting edge of what's happening globally when it comes to public transportation. And that is re with regard to green hydrogen energy and also with regard to autonomous vehicles. And we're going to dive into that. Hopefully you can unpack it for our audience. But first off, tell us a little bit about where we're at, where you're live today coming from Malaysia. Tell us a little about the... Uh, public transportation in Malaysia and then some in your city in the background of your organization. All right. Uh, talk about public transportation in Malaysia. Uh, I would like to give us talk more on Kuching because the project and project where we having at the moment is Kuching Sarawak. Right. Which is outside of Kuala Lumpur. It is uh, situated in, I would say, uh, the, the biggest state in Malaysia, uh, which is uh, in Borneo, if you talk about Borneo, there's three main countries, Borneo. Okay. And that's an yeah. island, right? It's an island. Off, off yeah. of Malaysia. But off of Malaysia. Off of, uh, what do you call it? Samaranjo, Malaysia. Right. Peninsula of Malaysia. And as I mentioned just now, there's three main countries in Borneo. Okay. Malaysia, uh, Brunei, and also Indonesia. And Sarawak is, I think, is the biggest, biggest state. In terms of public transport in Sarawak, I would say the usage of public transport, especially in Kuching, Sarawak, is very much less compared to Kuala Lumpur. And the public usage of public transport in Kuching is around 2% at the moment. And with this project, we call it Kuching Urban Transportation System Project, or QUTS. We call it QUTS. We expect that the usage of public transport will rise around, I would say, around 10 to 15%. Of course, the state government of Sarawak is looking at more. They're targeting it around 20% by 2030. But to be on the safe side, to be realistic, from 2% to around 10 to 15% of usage of public transport is, is good enough. Yes. Yeah. And in terms of myself, I've been in this industry for... I would say more than 22 years, starting from the late uh, 90s, around 97, 98, 1997. And my first project was development of KL Central, which is the, at the now in KL, is the main transportation hub in Kuala Lumpur, whereby all the uh, main metros, the MRT, LRT, the monorail, even the even KTMB is, is cent centralized at at KL Central. So that's my first uh, first project. And after finish the project, there's several other railway projects that I involved 
not only in Malaysia, but also uh, overseas in Bahrain, Saudi Arabia. And after I finished uh, the project, I came back to Malaysia and involved in the MRT project, both Putrajaya Line and also the, the New Line Line too. Now I'm here in Sarawak and I've been here in Sarawak for, uh, under this project for almost, it's coming to my fourth year now. Okay. Yeah. And I will say the project at the moment is online and it's, uh, it's on track. We just had our, uh, my colleague, project launching last year, last December. If that is the starting point of the construction stage of the QTS project. So you've had quite a rich background in public transportation right here in Malaysia and around the world, it sounds like. And do you consider, are you uh, more on the engineering side, the finance side, the operations side? Which parts do you focus on personally? Yeah. For, actually, I'm more on the engineering side. My involvement is more on project management, engineering, design. Actually, from all various uh, project stakeholders, initially I start being a contractor. And then in Saudi and also in Bahrain, both as the consultant, also at the ministry level as well in Bahrain. Although in Malaysia, I've never been in the ministry. But in Bahrain, I was part of the uh, Ministry of uh, Works in Bahrain, being the advisor or also a railway project. I believe you heard about uh, Bahrain Metro. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, in the limelight from since 2010, but only now it's been materialized. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After I think 12 years. So I was quite involved in, the, in that project as well. Yeah. And doing the facility study and whatnot. And then I got involved with Mecca Metro as a consultant. And coming back to Malaysia as the, I joined the MRT Corp as the asset project owner. And now I'm uh, Sarawak Metro as the project implementer. And we just had uh, agreement with the Gamon Sarawak being the operator and maintainer as well in the future. That's great. Um, you know, Frank Hess, who's here with us today as our managing director in this area, he and I were talking about how it seems like in the United States and some Western countries, you start thinking about a project and it seems to take decades to get it going. You know, uh, we, when I was head of the MTA in Baltimore, we were studying the high-speed rail line between Baltimore and Washington. That was seven years ago. They're still studying it today. Yeah. <laughs> but here, you guys are making some great progress, right? So you just started four years ago in Sarawak and you've got, you had the idea of moving forward with some of these uh, you know, art, the autonomous rapid transit and yeah. also the hydrogen fuel, um, just in general, uh, because you're ready to like start implementation. I mean, you're, you've already got three of the hydrogen vehicles running, right? So yeah. tell us some about that and how, how you got this going so fast. Cause I think it's something the rest of us could learn from. Yeah. Actually, one good thing about, uh, Sarawak as a, as a state, government Sarawak, government of Sarawak, headed by the premier of Sarawak is have a very fast vision, very advanced vision on how Sarawak will be by 2030 and beyond that. And one of the objectives by the government of Sarawak is we develop state by 2030, advancing on the hydrogen economy and also digital economy, the finance, financial of our uh, government is big. They have some sort of autonomy to, to manage their, their own uh, financial situation. Just before we sat down, you were at a, uh, a meeting at the 
Ministry of Transport, where you yes. said you were talking about this whole concept of decarbonization. Right. Uh, Malaysia is known as a very oil-rich country, yes. as it was, but uh, your city-state, your uh, your state there seems to have made a real commitment and focus on hydrogen. Tell us about that, and then tell us about what you're doing. And actually, in in Sarawak, I think I will I will see that the state of Sarawak, or now we call it region of Sarawak, uh, is among the first. I would not say among the first. It's the first state in Malaysia which embarked on this hydrogen agenda, hydrogen economy, and also green technology. And it's also, I think, among the first within the Asian countries or the ASEAN countries embarking on this as well. Based on my meeting just now with the Ministry of Transport Malaysia, uh, even now Malaysia is looking into this green technology. Malaysia have a commitment on the SDG and ESG. And the target for SDG by 2030, the nation's target is to reduce the carbon footprint uh, around 40% by 2030 and to achieve net zero by 2050. So the target is, I would say, is not easy to get, yeah. but we have to make our commitment now. Because if you look at what happened in the worldwide situation at the moment, the momentum for in Carbon net zero is very, very, I would say, is very tremendous. So it is our commitment to, to achieve this. And it's not only said, but we have to walk the talk, right? Yeah, we have to walk the talk. And when you call, talk about SDG, ESG, it's basically, I would say, it's about people, about the planet, and about economy. Right. And now, since the environment uh, commitment at the moment, especially after EU already imposed this, the, the, the carbon tax, it is very related to economy. So we have no choice but right. to, to embark on this, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Well, let's dig down on the hydrogen side. Yeah. So tell us about that and, uh, and what you are doing there in Sarawak with hydrogen. Uh, in terms of hydrogen, uh, Sarawak is quite less in terms of hydrogen. Why the Premier of Sarawak are looking into hydrogen? One of it is because we want to contribute to Malaysia, uh, uh, the nation SDG, ESG commitment. That's one thing. The second thing is because of the supply. In Sarawak, there's abundance of water. And you, when you talk about water, there is abundance of dam eh, in Sarawak as well. And with this, to produce hydrogen is much more easier compared to other states uh, in Malaysia. That's one thing. The second thing is because of the Electricity tariff in Sarawak is very much cheaper compared to other states in Malaysia. Tell well, us what that, uh, not everyone I think is familiar with the term green hydrogen. Tell us what yeah. that means. Green, it actually does several uh, levels of hydrogen coded by color. Green hydrogen, meaning the source is also from a sustainable uh, renewable energy, which is water. And that's a blue hydrogen as well, whereby it is come from uh, oil and gas, but from carbon capture. Okay. And that's a green hydrogen, uh, sorry, green hydrogen, whereby it comes from oil and gas as well. But there's no carbon capture. But You're in focused terms on the green. We are focused on the green because the net importer, Japan, Korea, and China, uh, there's abundance of tax incentive uh, for them to import green hydrogen rather than other, other color coded uh, hydrogen. Right, yeah. 
So you're already, you, tell us what you've already done in your city. You've already started some bus routes with hydrogen, right? At the moment, yeah, we having our, it's supposed to be our feeder bus. Okay. Our feeder bus. Manage our last mile, our first mile connectivity to our station in the future. Right. But at the moment, we are having this as a trial operation in order for us to get enough information, especially how hydrogen perform in a tropical climate. Not right. to know about this as well. Right? And we have uh, three numbers of hydrogen buses already operating in, in Kuching. If you manage to come to Kuching, you can, of course, you can take I'd the like ride. ride it. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. At this particular moment, Gramunasrawa is fully subsidized on, uh, on, the, on the hydrogen. Okay. So it is free of charge. And even the, uh, the bus ride at the moment is also fully subsidized. So far, I know you just started it, but what, what's the results? Is it, are you happy with it so far? At the moment, yeah. We are very happy on the performance of the, of the three buses. Of course, there must be hiccup somewhere and somewhere in there, right? Right. But the engineer in you says, well, there's got to be a problem. Yeah, can right. solve here, right? But that's the blessing in disguise as well. Yeah. Uh, what happened uh, during the... Pandemic, right? At that particular moment, actually during the pandemic, during the MCO, the supplier is supposed to come to Sarawak and give the training as part of the contract. But that, they are unable to do that. The manufacturer are unable to do that because of the yeah, pandemic situation. Yes, yeah. What we did is we find another way. We did give training through online. Yeah, okay. Through online. Yeah, it is not easy. But because of that, our technician, they can they maintain the bus by themselves. Yeah, yeah. They are local staff. Yeah, they are lo our local staff. That's and, great. That, that's although yeah, we have some problem, but there is actually blessing in these guys. So a lot of places across the world, as they're looking into hydrogen fuel and the fuels, are looking at how they have to uh, train their employees. You yeah. mentioned that your your employees were trained. How are you working on enhancing it? Although our main objective for this project is to provide. An environment-friendly, modern, and reliable public transport system for greater Kuching. We are also actually adding value to the project for the people by creating a platform for the transfer technology and also generating economic opportunities for local businesses. One of the things that we are introducing is the Social Economic Enhancement Development Program, which was initiated in-house in Sarawak Metro. It's our aspiration for this program is to, to create a greater socio-economic opportunities for the people of Sarawak through the procurement process and for this uh, KUTS project. And through SEED program, we aim to develop a more capable workforce to meet the demands of a modern and efficient public transport sector. And for the SEED program, Sarawak Metro concentrate on three uh, key focus namely our assembly plan or the localization initiative uh, to optimize the localization supply chain, uh, our center of excellence initiative, and how to provide our uh, readiness program initiative to make sure that we are ready, our staff are ready to operate and maintain uh, the ART in the future. That's wonderful. So you're basically taking this public transportation initiative and turn it into an economic development engine yes. and also a job training engine for local uh, people. Yeah, correct. that's wonderful. That's, that's a great way to go. You mentioned that this is going to eventually be a feeder service. Yeah, let's talk about what it's going to feed into. Yeah, your art system. Tell us about that. 
We'll continue with Paul's interview with Mosley Mustafa in just a moment. But first, Mike Bismeyer and Mike's Minute. Hi, this is Mike Bismeyer, Regional Sales Director for Terra, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about leadership, mentorship, and kindness with the hopes that it'll inspire you to pay it forward. Well, Paul's guest last week discussing leadership, Euless Cleckley, mentioned one of his leadership goals that really resonated with me and aligns with mentorship, leadership, and kindness perfectly. He talked about people as part of the reps program he follows. Focus on the people that you serve and the people that you're leading. And in doing that, focus on protecting, positioning, and providing the training and support for empowerment of those. Staff first. When we are mentoring, coaching, or leading others, we should always be focusing on whom we've identified that may be ready to take our job. How are we preparing them to move on into that role and not suppressing individuals, always empowering? Coaching is the true definition of mentoring. It reminded me of one of my first leadership disagreements I had with someone who was a level up from the team I was leading at the time and had to report into. And it had to do with employee evaluations. My belief is that if you're waiting for a once a year review scenario, it's already too late to optimally communicate expectations and or aspirations for the individuals you're leading. You should be meeting throughout the year on a regular cadence to discuss and understand the goals, progress, opportunities for improvement, and the overall team mission and current status. You should also always be honest with the employees and making sure what you have discussed or laid out for them continues to align with the overall vision of the organization. That same year, the particular person I reported into wanted me to change evaluations I had done for my team, stating that I had rated my team too high compared to the overall company average, which I obviously refused to do. The entire team I had at the time had met their goals and KPIs that had been laid out at the beginning of the year and that we had discussed regularly. I was also confident that anyone on my team I had at that time could step into my role if I had ever moved on to do something different. I learned a very important lesson that year that was important for my own personal growth, and that was having that uncomfortable conversation and fighting for my team, leading by example, even if other leaders in the organizations did not think the same as I did. Ultimately, my team continued to perform at a high level, and my feedback and evaluations of their performance always reflected that. Again, the reason Ulysses' message resonated with me so much, don't suppress individuals. To build a team is to empower a team. Thanks for listening. Kindness is cool. And I look forward to the next Mike's Minute, where we'll be talking about an exciting annual random act of kindness that I'm always involved in in my community in the month of February, which I'll be happy to chat about. Have a great week. You mentioned that this is going to eventually be a feeder service. Yeah, let's talk about what it's going to feed into. Yeah. Your art system. Tell us about that. Wow, oh, the ART yeah, yeah. Uh, that is quite interesting. <laughs> I would like to the, talk more about ART. ART to me is... It's autonomous rapid transit, Yeah, right? it's autonomous rapid okay. transit. Basically, it's, it's a tram. It's a trackless tram. A trackless tram, a trackless okay. Tram without any rail. It can run on the road surface. And the most interesting part is, and the most unique part is powered, the traction is powered by hydrogen. Hydrogen power. And although it's called autonomous, when you talk about autonomous, there are several levels of... Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, level of auto autonomous. Right, one yeah. to five. Uh, yeah. yeah, one to five, right? Uh, even the automation level also, there are several levels of automation. Yeah. We don't say that it is the highest level. Okay. Maybe four, three maybe, or four. Yeah, it's around two, two, two or three. Two or three. Yeah. But it is actually expandable to operate at level five. But at the moment, no, because if you go for... Level five, you have to have a very huge 5G infrastructure, right? Right, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to run autonomous, fully autonomous, level five autonomous. 
So at the moment, not yet, but it is expandable to right. level five. So your your game plan is to start a um, a trackless tram service that'll be hydrogen powered. Yeah. And the but the vehicles will have the routes programmed into them. Yes. So they'll be able to run themselves. Yeah. And where are you at in that process of getting that going? Uh it is actually uh, designed for call it driverless, but since this is the first major modern public transport in Kuching, I would say that we need to have uh, some sort of driver uh, to, to drive the ART. But of course, it is just the driver just need to be there to to manage on the brake system and right. opening the the door, not driving it. Right, but that also get makes the, the public feel yeah, comfortable, right? Yeah, having yeah, somebody on the board. Yes, correct. What's your timeline in getting this done? Actually, for ART system uh, in in Kuching, we have three lines eh, for this ART project. Uh, we have the blue line, the red line, and also the green light. And we call all these three line uh, phase one because we're going to embark on this or develop this line uh, simultaneously. It's around 70 kilometers. And uh, the blue line will commence its operation by quarter four, 2025. Red line, quarter four, 2026. And the green line by quarter four, 2027. So it will start commence their revenue service by 2025 and end up to 2027 in stages. And there'll be, uh, my understanding is, three car trains are, that'll be started off with, is that right? Yeah. But yeah. how many passengers do you have? It will be three car train. It can fit around 100 passengers uh, per car set, and it can accommodate maximum 300 uh, passengers at AW3, AW3 design uh, for the whole three car set. That's great. And my understanding is they're being built right now and you guys are going to go look at them at the plant and you might have the first test one here yeah. this year. We're going to have our proof of concept train in Kuching in July uh, this year. And we will bring the, 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 the proof of concept train to Kuching uh, to operate for three months. It will be the proof of concept is actually for us to gain additional data on the, especially on the design and the, uh, the performance, as I informed you earlier, uh, how it performed in the hot climate, the tropical climate. Yes. That's one thing. And the other thing is for, of course, for the showcase for the public. Yes. Yeah, we, we mean business. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of things I wanted to comment on. First off, it's very exciting to talk to somebody who's got a greenfield operation going on, yeah. where you're going to you know, start a brand new service in a city which really hasn't had a lot of great, real government-run public transportation. So I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited for you that you're doing the hydrogen fuel, the green hydrogen fuel. To me, that is a fuel of the future that yeah. so many transit agencies across the world are now looking at. In the development of it, it seems like it might be five to 10 years behind electric, but there's a lot of um, other benefits that come with hydrogen that we've talked about. Talk to us about the benefits of why you chose to do um, this kind of bus rapid transit autonomous versus rail? Was it cost related uh, or the space on the streets, those kind of things? Yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, we talk about to develop modern public transport and when the fund, the source of fund is from the state itself, right? Right. Of course, cost will be uh, main agenda, huh? uh, main concern. Yeah, and it helps you get it going actually because yeah. 
you can start quicker, you can move it if you need yeah, to versus right. rail, et cetera, yeah. right? Yeah, that's one thing. And to compare to our other means of uh, public transport solution or metro solution, MRT, LRT and whatnot, ART is much more cost-effective. I would safely say that it is around one-third or one-fourth of the total cost of LRT and MRT solution. Wow. Yeah. It is it's very, it's very cost-effective, especially in terms of infrastructure. Because in terms of the, what you call it, the rolling stock itself, uh, it will be competitive, comparable to other uh, means of rolling stock, public transport rolling stock, and this metro rolling stock. But in terms of infrastructure, that is where we when save a lot. Because actually, as I mentioned earlier, ART is actually a trend. Yeah, it's a hybrid trend between it's a hybrid actually. Right, hybrid between tram, bus, and also railway. Yeah, uh, it is a trackless tram, but in, and therefore they can run at grid and they can run elevated as well. So compared to LRT and MRT, it is very much cost effective, yeah. very much cheaper compared to other solution. Well, we wish you the very best as you continue to move this forward. I think. Uh, you are setting a model, not only for Asia, but the rest of the world. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged in-depth with our guest, Masli Mustafa, CEO of Sarawak Metro. Now, coming up next week on Transit Unplugged News and Views, we have Christian Kent, transit consultant, and in our leadership segment, Sean Moon of Franklin Covey. Now, don't forget to visit transitunplugged.com to sign up for the newsletter so you're always in the loop with whatever's going on with the show. If you have a question, comment, or want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at info at transitunplugged.com. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy. What makes Think Transit unique for me in all the conferences I've attended over the last 25 or so years around the world in public transit is our executive summit. This is a special one and a half days where public transit executives from transit agencies gather together and it's designed by and for just them. So we have panels. Last year, we had young people from the top 40 under 40 sharing about where they think the industry is going. We had transit executives in the zenith of their career talking about stories and lessons they had learned. We address the hot topics together. It's a shared solution center where we come out, I think, better people for having been there. It's just wonderful and unique. And I encourage transit executives who have and have not yet experienced it to attend this year. It's the Think Transit Executive Summit.